We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. NBA DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me once again is Ben Miller. Ben, how's it going today? It's a tough day in Madison, that's for sure. Uh, Packer lost yesterday. Monday start of the work week. I think uh, there's a lot of people hurting today. I think it's a tough day for Wisconsin. Uh, not even just Madison. True, I think it's yeah. a tough day for Wisconsin in general. Right. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm really hurting from that Packer game and I only watched till the second quarter because I, I, I had this I had this feeling like to be a true fan you had to watch through the whole game, no matter highs or lows, the whole game. And there was some point in the second quarter where I thought, you know what, this isn't worth it. You can call me whatever you want, but I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't keep watching this. It was just, it was just horrendous. Right. The, the rage quit is like that, it's that <laughs> moment where you just it. have to just drop it right then and there. But I mean, I actually made it until the early fourth quarter. And, you know, I, for some reason, I kept having this hope that Aaron Rodgers could pull us out. You're a better uh, man than me is kind of what we're learning. Maybe yeah, maybe I was just too optimistic. <laughs> That's got to be what it was. But uh, yeah, it was it was brutal. I ended up just dropping into a nap right after the you know start of the fourth quarter, I should say. So I mean... That's on. That's unlike myself as usual. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't give up on games that early. But yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you can call me, you know, poor fan or whatever it is. For, for me, I was thinking, for my fiance's sake, having to live with me, I didn't want her to just 
have to deal with a really, really angry dude for four plus hours. I thought Fair. maybe just two hours is a good enough punishment right. for what that is. So that's why I just turned it off then. I can't imagine having to watch to the fourth quarter even. I mean, I don't know what I would have thought watching 31 nothing. I thought 17 nothing was tough enough. And then they scored that touchdown at the end after missing two easy interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what I would have thought if I had made it through the fourth quarter. I think a nap would have helped. Uh, so I think you took the right idea with that. It's kind of sleeping through and just kind of waiting till they'll be done with, but, uh, that, that was tough. And I have a feeling that Pittsburgh fans, they're probably feeling the same way we exactly. are. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it actually reminded me a little bit of that, um, Wisconsin, Ohio state, you yeah. know, big 10 championship yeah. game where we just got throttled, um, real early in that. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, our season's over, but, um, I guess go Falcons now. See, and and maybe this is a better warranted for an NBA NFL podcast. I'm sorry, just and just an NFL podcast entirely. But I'm not really rooting for the Falcons, but I'm also not rooting for the Patriots either. So I'm going to have to really figure out what my allegiance will be in yeah. the next two weeks. Right. No, I know this is a bitter loss, uh, <laughs> and it makes me really tough to judge how I'm going to feel moving forward. Yeah. No. Definitely. All right. Let's get on to the NBA because there's a little happier things that we can talk about at least <laughs> for this. We had we had talked last Wednesday. Both of our lineups, just speaking before the podcast aired, uh, cashed. Especially you had a few tournament ones, and I did a bunch of double up ones, and we both did pretty well for the Wednesday lineup. I'm not actually sure how i did compare to you so i'm just going to chalk it up as a win for me you cool with that that that's not happening <laughs> i think i think my lineup is pretty good on, on wednesday so um i'm, I'm pushing towards i might i might have beat you uh, you know what i had said while we were doing that wednesday podcast that i felt like your lineup was pretty solid uh mine performed pretty well i had made some tinkerings and you had made some tinkerings so i right. think it's a very very much we could probably call it a push that it's like two zero one okay. right now all right i can get behind that we'll have our competition again <laughs> this monday we'll we'll go ahead and face off a few of the other road aware members that are listening to the podcast and we can kind of figure out who does best here but i think it was at least a tie i could even lead towards giving that one to you but okay. I'm, I'm not that nice of i'll say i'll take a tie for now all right sounds good <laughs> let's go over the perfect lineup for sunday's action we had for point guards chris dunn and eric Bledsoe Dunn was going against the Nuggets and Bledsoe going against the Raptors. That was 4,400 and 8,300 respectively. At shooting guard, we had Devin Booker and Gary Harris. Again, uh, Booker along with the rest of the, the rest of the players are going against the Raptors. 6,500 for Booker and then Gary Harris was 4,800. Kevin Durant and Andrew Wiggins were the small forwards. Uh, power forwards, Dwight Powell, Darrell Arthur, and then center, we had Carl Anthony Towns coming again, facing the Nuggets again. So was there any big takeaways for you uh, on the perfect optimizer last night? Well, Chris Dunn was one of more one of the more obvious value plays in that smaller slate of games yesterday. Uh, you know, considering Ricky Rubio was sitting out for personal reasons. Um, however, I didn't think he'd put up the line he did. You know, he had ten points, eight rebounds, nine assists, one block, three steals, um, thirty four minutes. Um, coming into the game, you know, Dunn hadn't really seemed to put it all together, um, which is obviously understandable. F- understandable for a rookie but you know it still made the showing much more of a pleasant surprise for those who used him um nearly a triple double with some blocks and steals added i mean that's fantastic value of 4400 did we ever figure out what the personal reasons were for ricky rubio missing because the same type of thing happened with derrick rose and we had national media outcry for the, like the last three days yeah. whereas i haven't even really heard anything with rubio I, I don't think we got a specific thing but i mean at least his was you know, we knew where he was. Yeah. Game, yeah. I, you're right. You're right. And I'm, I'm not trying to grade the scale that I understand that D Rose missing and then just going missing was, yeah. was a bigger deal. Uh, but to me, it's, I always wonder what those personal reasons, I would love a little more information, but I think that's part of me being in the media member true altogether. Yeah. I think most people are like, Oh, you know, okay, fine. Just give him his day, whatever yeah. it is. But yeah. when you're getting paid 10 million plus, whatever Rubio's contract is, 
I feel like the public has the right to know why you are not playing in that game. That's that's my thought process. Yeah, no, I hear you. Anyway, Chris Dunn was a good play. I think for me, the most surprising part was that there was five players from that Nuggets-Timberwolves matchup that ended in the optimizer slate. I understand it was four games. I get that four games played in total on Sunday. Um, but like the Suns, Warriors, Lakers, one of those teams is really good. Two of those teams are really bad. And normally you get a lot of points off of the Suns and Lakers. So I kind of was expecting their opposition to be part of that. So the fact that we saw Nuggets and Timberwolves in there, it was a little surprising to me in general. I mean, like, really, would you have thought that you would have seen so many people in the perfect optimizer from that matchup? No, not at all. I mean, yeah, like you said, you usually go for those top tier teams or up, at least up, upper paced type of, you know, teams that are, you know, have you know, a lot of stats available. But yeah, that is, that's especially with the Nuggets. I didn't see that. Coming. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I guess moving on to Monday's slate, it's not four games. It's definitely nine games for Monday. So we have Washington, Charlotte at 7, the Clippers, Hawks, 7.30, and then uh, Kings and Pistons, also 7.30 showing. So those are the first kind of three games that we're looking at. We have the Spurs, Nets at 7.30 as well, Eastern Time, Warriors, uh, Heat, 7.30 Eastern Time, and then Rockets, Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And then we round it out with the Knicks, Pacers, Cavaliers, Pelicans, and the Thunder, Jazz, that's a 8, 8, and 9 p.m. Eastern time for those three. So we have a whole bunch of notable injuries to kind of go over, especially with the slate, starting with the Clippers and Hawks. We know that Chris Paul is going to be out for, well, most of the most of the regular season, it feels like. But we also know that now Blake Griffin will be out, again, with his knee injury. Going over to the Kings and Pistons, we have Omar Caspi and Rudy Gay. Obviously, we know those are going out. And then Catavius Caldwell-Pope, we had talked about him last Wednesday. He's probable to play. He was able to practice Sunday. I think that's a big scoring threat off the bench for them. But interesting to kind of keep note on what his stats will be heading into the game. Moving over to the Spurs and Nets, we have Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, both out for the Spurs. Jeremy Lin is going to be out another two to five weeks, it's looking like, with his hamstring injury. And then Joe Harris will also be out. The Warriors heat, we have Iguodala, who's resting. Then we have McRoberts, who's going to be out, as well as Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, and Tyler Johnson. So a lot of key members for the heat missing in what could be a blowout win again for the Warriors. Uh, Moving over to the Houston-Milwaukee matchup, only real notable injury is Ryan Anderson. And it's looking like he is going to play and start. He was sick, but we're expecting him to play uh, and, and make some difference at power forward. So. Knicks and Pacers, Rodney Stuckey, Lance Thomas, not too big of names really to worry about, but those are two injuries to keep an eye on. The Pelicans and the Cavaliers, J.R. Smith again is going to be out, and we have another uh, game-time decision for Anthony Davis, but we're expecting him to play with that quad injury. And finally, Thunder Jazz, Steven Adams, still not sure what he's going to do. He took part in practice on Sunday, um, but he's still a game-time decision with the concussion, and then Rodney Hood is expected to be out for the Jazz. So, a lot of injuries to go over there. A lot of games also. What was uh, or what are some of the biggest matchups that you're taking away from that? Yeah, there, I think there's a bunch of different games here that you know have have some good value um, available. Um, one of them I'm looking at is actually okay. Yeah, the Heat and Warriors. Um, there's a yeah slew of injuries. They're set to be without both Josh Richardson and Tyler Johnson in the backcourt. I think that really could mean some huge workloads for um, Goran Dragic and Dion Waiters. Um, Waiters had a pretty big game the other day. Um, I think it was like upwards of 33 points or something like that. So um, that's that was huge. Um, I also obviously Anthony Davis is one to mention. Um, in any report with Anthony Davis is a big right, deal. So. Right. Um, he's fully expected to take the court, like you said. Um, but whenever he's fresh off an injury, it's always a situation I usually try to avoid. You know, especially with Davis's susceptibility to you know potentially aggravate that existing issue. 
Um, so I'm probably avoiding him there. We've we've um, kind of stayed away from Anthony Davis in most of these, especially yeah. when he's been hurt. And I understand that he did play last Wednesday. And I know you had speaking before the podcast, you'd actually had a lineup with Davis of Westbrook. And I think it was Harden in that instance, the three big guys playing. So there are options to use Davis, but I agree with you when you're staying away from one of the big guy price guys, you just, it, it's more of a safety thing. And, and I think that's what we're looking at too. Once mm-hmm. we know for certain, then you can kind of address your lineups accordingly, but at least for now, I'm comfortable staying with Davis, right, too. especially with those higher contract guys. You you absolutely need them to you know you know post value. Right. So it's a lot of times you don't want to take that risk with some of those higher price guys. I mean, sometimes for low ownership purposes, you may you know try and go that way. But otherwise, you know, I I don't love um, touching those higher price guys fresh off injuries. I agree. So the biggest injury news I think for me comes from the Spurs and Nets game. We know Paul Gasol, Tony Parker are going to be out. So that's opening the door for a variety of other cheap options to come into play. And we'll kind of discuss it more as we're going through our lineups and the optimizer that Rotowire suggests. But that's a, that's a bigger deal for me than I think uh, most people would seem to suggest. So I, I think following that and figuring out who's going to be starting, because we have an idea, but I don't think it's solidified yet. So staying track of the news and what's going on there will be a, will be a big deal. And then I think second place, at least for injuries, goes for the Clippers-Hawks game. We we know about Chris Paul again, but Blake Griffin getting ruled out for certain is it could have a bigger impact. I think Maurice Spitz, who's been playing for Griffin when, when Griffin's been out for the most part, seeing limited minutes sometimes than playing a lot of other games, that's going to be a bigger deal to me. I think Spates could end up being a, a cheaper play option if you wanted to. Normally, the Clippers like to go small at the power forward position when Griffin's out. But when you have Paul Millsap, Dwight Howard, and whatever big-ass center that the Hawks are going to throw out there, I think you have to have a guy like Maurice Spates out there playing. So at $4,500, he scored 18 points at minimum the last two of the three games. I think Spates might be Spates might be an option that you're like, okay, you might be able to find a, a limited option and put him in there, especially if you're trying to go cheaper power forward to pay up at other spots. Yeah, Spates is always that guy I think that you feel has the most shot attempts per playing time. Like he yeah. always gets out there and just starts chucking. I mean, double digits field goal attempts in two of the last three games. The other one was nine field goal attempts too. So I mean it's a guy who he scores. He scores a lot. Right. Um, you may worry about some of the other multi-category, but when he scores and at that cheap price, I, I'm fine with it. Too. I mean, you're looking for about 20 to 25 Fanduel points for him if, for paying up that price, and I, I think if it means you can find better options elsewhere at small forward, even at center, which I was struggling to kind of fill up when I was doing my lineup. I think Spates might be a guy that you could look at. Now, I'm not using him this go-around, but I don't think I'd knock anyone for doing that because I really think he's going to end up playing a lot of minutes. I just don't think they want to have a small forward almost shooting guard covering Paul Millsap, Dwight Howard. I don't think that's going to be an effective strategy, especially yeah. if, for this kind of matchup. So I, I see Spates playing, and when he's playing, he's generally taking up enough shots. He's got to hope he makes them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anybody else you're looking at for injuries? Um, I think Austin Rivers is another guy in that Clippers game that's um, going to get a, a huge minutes load. I mean, he's starting at point guard now with um, with Paul out. With yeah. Paul out, it's he's just going to get so many minutes. I, I like it. You know, he's he's cheap. You, you're foreshadowing again, and that's my my problem. You keep foreshadowing things that we're going to discuss later on in the podcast, and now you're just stealing all my lineup things altogether. That's <laughs> so that's my concern right now. Is that you just got to stop doing that? Okay. Come on, Ben. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Austin Rivers is going to be a good matchup. Um, I know that the Hawks are actually a ten tend to be a better defensive teams. You're not really thinking about going after them, but actually the Hawks are along the third most FanDuel points of teams in the NBA. And again, 
we're looking at cheaper options to play with with the injuries that are taking place. I think Austin Rivers definitely has a chance to produce, overproduce actually, what his salaries are right now. So again, we'll get to that a little bit more as we go through our lineups. But at this point, I think those are definitely a couple of matchups that we're looking to target. Yeah. Is there a lot of higher price players you're planning on adding into the lineup? Again, nine game slate, there's going to be over seven people, $10,000 price tags. Is there a certain strategy you're looking at targeting at least for Monday slate? Yeah, with so many games, there's you're going to have value options. So I'm looking to grab two of those top seven guys. As, um, I feel plenty comfortable finding some cheap options that complement the rest of the roster. And I know this might surprise you, but uh, with Russell Westbrook sitting at the highest price and with a tougher matchup, I'm going against my uh, my love for Westbrook. This is this is stunning. This is the biggest <laughs> news of the podcast I, I is that know. you're not playing what Russell Westbrook for the first time in ages. I know it's it's tough. Like it. <laughs> It hurts. My heart hurts. Um, but I am avoiding him, dropping down to you know, guys like James Harden, um, trying to pair him with the Greek freak Giannis. Um, they're actually facing off for their second time in the last week. and right. That ended up being a juicy matchup last time. It was around. real juicy, yeah. Harden had 59 FanDuel points. Giannis had 58. Uh, this is a great matchup for each of these, each of these guys, and I, I love the pairing there. You know, I had mentioned that seven people are going to be above ten thousand dollars for Monday's slate. That doesn't include that. That doesn't include two people that are at ninety eight and ninety seven hundred, respectively. So, really, you have nine guys at or around that ten thousand dollar price tag. To me, that's that's great news if you're trying to put a diverse lineup together, and that also means that you're going to be able to find cheap options below because of the injuries that we had stated above. So, for me, I'm thinking. Definitely a stars and scrubs type of deal. Again, yeah. I've, I've been kind of averse to starting Russell Westbrook, and against the Jazz, I'm really not keen on that matchup either. So we're we're on the same note with that level. But I think that you could easily get two, three, maybe even four of those ten thousand price guys in your lineup if you're willing to do that scrubs kind of start sit options. And to me, I think that's definitely the way to go. Most times, I I like to stay consistent. We're looking for guys at or around the $8,000, $9,000 price tag, and you can kind of build a strong lineup that way. But at least for tournament settings and I think even double-ups, you're going to be able to find success putting in these higher-priced guys and then finding the little players that, well, they could outperform the expectations based on the minute load that they're going to be getting and increased on. Yeah, I think four is obviously going to be a little too tough um, for those 10000 up guys, but I think you could definitely um you know validate a three a three big man lineup there with you know any any combination honestly right uh, but yeah like, i i'm still off the westbrook train and davis so it's probably gonna be one of those other you know james harden Giannis, uh lebron's playing lebron too. I yeah mean, that's that's where you kind of are looking at the same spot and again center doesn't have any ten thousand plus players going well actually i think demar demarcus, demarcus cousins, cousins yeah 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 so he's an option as well. and and i've always been averse to using him as well but i mean Looking at the other center options that were available for tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if I find a lineup at some point that I put Cousins in there. I, You were saying four is probably too much. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't want to exaggerate too too much. But at the same time, there are a lot of cheaper options, scrub players if you want to call them, but I really call them in guys that are normally not playing that are going to be starting because of injured minutes. Right. minutes and that's a really not long name to give them. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to really run with that too often. But yeah, I, I think that you can find a lot of scrub players and make your lineup fit, even if you want to do that for 10,000 price players. You know, I wouldn't mind experimenting, especially with this nine games. Like, there are so many different options available, looking like at least. Yeah. All right. So, before we move on to the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, we're going to have first a word from our sponsors, Harry's. Ben, we've been talking about the last two weeks, my experiences with uh, Harry's Razors. 
It's been great. I've been terrified to shave before, at least, or I was terrified of the pain, terrified of the uncomfortable portions of it. And you know what? Having a cheaper razor blading option, it's been a fantastic experience for me so far. Trying Harry's for the first time was, like I said, euphoric. I mean, we've been we've been over this now. It's been it's been a great experience for me. Yeah, yeah. And with the five precision engineered blades and lubricating strip and the rich lathering shave gel, it's been just a great thing. I've been able to shave the way I wanted to. And better yet, it was way less than what I'd be paying for at the you know local stu- local supermarket stores, kind of like that. It's, it's been fantastic. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Free. Just cover shipping when you sign up. Plus, as a special offer for fans of the show, go to harrys.com right now and enter promo code ROTO at the checkout to get a post-shave balm also free. That's harrys.com, code ROTO. All right, so moving on to the Rotowire Optimizer lineup, I think it'll be best to kind of go through the positions, price, and who they're playing, and then kind of give our thoughts from there. So at point guard, we have John Wall and Kyrie Irving. So John Wall is playing the Hornets. Kyrie's playing Pelicans. We have 9,700 and 8,100, respectively, for the point guards. Uh, shooting guard, we have Jahate uh, Murray at going against Nets, 3,800. Then Wayne Ellington going against the Warriors, 3,700. Small forward, we have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Nets and Nets, Nets and Knicks, respectively. Wow, try to say that five times fast. <laughs> 9,807,000. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, David Leave combo. They're both going against the Nets, 7,600 and 5,100 apiece. Rounding out our center is your favorite, Tristan Thompson. He's going against the Pelicans, 4,900. So I actually think that the optimizer is looking all right, but what are your thoughts on it so far? I really think the optimizer is just going too conservative on such a large slate of games. The highest price guy is Kawhi Leonard at 9,800. You know, love Kawhi, but um, that's the eighth highest salary on the board. Right uh, on a nine-game slate, there's plenty of value to be had elsewhere. So, in my opinion, I'm trying to upgrade a, a bit and get some of those, you know, higher those top options, I should say. Um, and to go along with that, I'm not sold on you know those four Spurs in there. Um, that's that's almost half your roster. I, I get the two of the Spurs' top options in, in Tony Parker and Paul Gasol are both sitting out, and I, I definitely plan on looking thoroughly at those options for my personal lineup. Um, but there's no way I'm grabbing four Spurs. I, this is a team that's notorious for the slow you down type of game. So I'm, I'm not willing to go on that that Spurs stack. I'm going to have a real problem with you foreshadowing everything before we actually get to our lineups because <laughs> I actually like using the Spurs, yeah. and I'm going to end up using four in my lineup. Now, not these exact four, but I think I can definitely find some value with the Spurs players, and I'm going to try not to go over that too much here. So we'll just kind of move past it. But... I had said I liked the optimizer, and I like it to an extent. I agree with what you're saying with the conservative aspect. Normally, I'm all for, I'm all for that. Like I, I like to have more of the, the dependable, startable guys, and not so much rely on high priced talent. But I agree with you in what you're saying with the slate, with the nine game slate, and with the injuries that we've seen, and some of the bigger players going out. You can find cheaper options. You can find those scrub players, and really. I think that the optimizer probably is a little too conservative in this sense. Again, I had t- talked about two, three, four, ten thousand dollar price guys. I'm definitely opting for that strategy as well. So um, I think the optimizer does pull out a few talented guys that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Again, we'd mentioned the Spurs players, but even something like Tristan Thompson, who I, I think will probably do pretty well against the Pelicans, those are cheaper options that you know are going to be able to be effective and you can make your lineup accordingly based off of those guys yeah and a guy like wayne ellington too like we said we have no tyler johnson or right. josh richardson so you're gonna have some value there despite maybe not even being in the starting lineup Norm- um, but he's gonna have a ton of minutes so yeah normally when i look at the optimizer i'm saying okay 
who's the optimizer suggesting for high price guys? Because I'll build my lineup around that. Actually, in this case, I'm building my lineup around the low price guys and then finding high price guys that I actually want in my lineup. So it's kind of a, a unique aspect that I'm, ask, I'm looking at for this week, or at least on Monday. So I, I don't know. I, I think that the optimizer can, as long as you're not using it to a T, I don't think anyone should be using the optimizer to a T and say, okay, this is the lineup I'm starting. It's going to make me money. If you use it and kind of build your opinions based off of what it's suggesting, there's a lot of value that can be had from it. Right. It's a mathematical you know, type of deal here. You want more, at least some more like a personal preference in there as well right. to you know differentiate and make sure that you know what's going on there is, is it's what's you, what you want. So I do. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you want to go the direct... Um, lineup that they give, but um, put a little personal uh, preference in there. And I think that's better, you know, the way you want to go. That's, that's how I always take these things. So finding out who they're suggesting, who looks like it's going to be a good matchup. That's how I can find the value. Uh, and then I can build my lineup accordingly. It, it works out really well. I mean, we've, we've had a pretty successful run doing yeah. this so far. So uh, that's, that's how I'd look at it. again, hop on every, every morning, check out the RotoWire optimizer and kind of be able to build up what you think your lineup would be best served with some of the players are suggesting. All right, going now to our lineups. Finally, I can talk about it and not have to just foreshadow it like you've been doing. Uh, I think we'll just go stick to our strategy that we've been doing in the past. So we'll go through our point guard, shooting guard, small four, power four options together, kind of looking at then kind of critiquing what we have. So uh, you, to start out, have Patrick Beverly and Patty Mills at point guard. Patrick Beverly, 5,600. Patty Mills, 3,600. Beverly going against the Bucks and Mills going against the Nets. So What's your thought process on the on the smaller options of point guards right now? Yeah, so I'm going big with you know my shooting guards. Um, we'll get that to that in a second. But um, and I, I'd already briefly mentioned how well um, the Harden and Giannis you know matchup went in the, with the Bucks. You know, just the, right. like less than a week ago. Right. Uh, but Beverly was another guy that fits that mold where um, he had 37 Fanduel points in, the, in that game against the Bucks. Um, I think about five days ago or something like that. Um, he's he's a multi-category threat type of guy. He's able to rack up points, assists, rebounds. Um, he's an exceptional defender, so he's going to pick up some steals and blocks as well, which is a huge bonus. Um, well, I mean, it'd be nice to have his price a little closer to the 5000 mark. Uh, I think 5600 is still pretty fair in terms of his potential. And like I said, yeah, he had that pretty solid showing against the Bucks um, recently, so I, I like the matchup at least. My concern is that the Bucks allow the third fewest Fanduel points among point guards. They were at forty point two, or that's at least what they're averaging for Fanduel points. Um, and I like Malcolm Brogdon playing there. I like Giannis playing there. So you don't quite know who Beverly's going to be matched up against, or at least you don't know based off of what they did from last week. Yeah. At the same time, thirty-seven points just a week before—that's that's a pretty good indication of what you can be expecting. So I'm well. I'm not. I think that's probably going to be as high, at least in the series matchup. I could easily see him getting 25-30, and that's kind of what you're looking for with yeah. his price tag, right? Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, we also mentioned Patty Mills. So this is one of the Spurs guys that um, I know I, I ripped on the four Spurs lineups, but Patty Mills is one of the guys I, I'm actually looking at for you know a value option at 3600 so almost the minimum price. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Popovich opted to give Mills 31 minutes off the bench, even though Murray was starting compared to his 22 minutes. Um I mean, the game before, uh, I do think Murray outpaced Mills, um, and you know that's. It too- seems to be going back and forth for right. the most part. Right, I just have this this suspicion that Popovich is gonna, like keep giving his more veteran player the minutes. Like he he seems to have that allegiance to those guys that you know he's had for so long. So I just I feel like Mills is still going to get the majority of the minutes, and that's why I'm kind of pushing more towards him. So. I'm a huge fan of Bill Simmons. Uh, I listen to most of his podcasts, read all of his articles. Uh, and in one of his latest articles, he had mentioned that the Warriors are kind of doing a lineup setup where 
Kerr's just tinkering with the roster, trying to figure out what works with this bench, what could work in crunch time situations, and not so much being concerned with the regular season. And that's kind of what Popovich's MO has been since you know, the test of time. And he's been a coaching since it feels like the seventies. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think that we're going to actually see Murray playing more minutes because he wants to know what he has in him, especially if Parker were to go down in the playoffs, you need to have a backup plan. And I think that's kind of what this is going to end up being, whether it be Murray. Well, I think it'll be Murray, but also I think that he knows what Patty Mills can do and what he can provide. At the same time, I think Patty Mills has to play some. Yeah. I think just for them to have a shot at winning and I I do believe they'll win. So it's not that hard. uh, Patty Mills is going to play. So at the same time, we want to know what Murray can do but we also have Mills in there. So that's actually why I'm going to start both Mills and okay. Murray. So Murray's my shooting guard option at 3,800, um, but Mills is going to be my my point guard option at 3,600. And my other point guard we've mentioned is Austin Rivers at 5,400. I think with Chris Paul out, the Hawks along third most FanDuel points among teams at point guard. I think those are two really good options, and you can kind of go cheap at those first three positions and figure out your lineup elsewhere. Yeah, it, it, Murray, man, he he's been fantastic. Like, look if you look at his like shooting chart right. from the last few games, combined fourteen of twenty one, which is insane. Right. I mean, that's thirty eight points combined. I just I find it hard to believe he's going to be able to keep that up. First off, and the minutes combo there, I it still worries me as well. So I think I'm still pushing more towards Mills, but I I can see where you're coming at with the you know I, both of them. I'm trending towards the Nets for a lot of these guys. I'm starting because a the Nets allow the most Vandal points among teams in the NBA. So 50.5 is what they're averaging right now. That's two more than the second place team, which is the Denver Nuggets. And at shooting guard, they're also really high up there as well. Second, they allow 38.6 Vandal points. That's right below the Nuggets. So the Nets are really struggling at guard. I don't think Jeremy Lin out more time is going to help them anymore. I think that you're going to see Popovich experiment a little bit, the guard position, figure out what lineups work for the future while still worrying about the present. And that might mean Murray getting more. That might mean Mills getting more minutes. I'm not positive, but I feel pretty confident that both players are going to provide some type of value and I can find cheaper, I'm sorry, I can find more expensive players elsewhere. That's yeah. how. That's kind of how I'm constructing the lineup. So go ahead and give me your shooting guard positions right now since I already kind of leaked one of mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've already mentioned mine as well, kind of here. Um, but, <laughs> well, really bad, right. this whole thing. <laughs> um, but James Harden and Giannis, that's my, that's my you know, two big plays of the day. Uh, Harden at 11,900 and, and Giannis at 10,800. Like I said, they had that juicy matchup earlier. Both of them had the upper 50s in yep. FanDuel points. So I just think it, yeah, it's going to be there. The points are going to be there. They're, I think they're pretty safe plays. So um, that, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with those two. I think when I construct a different lineup, I'm going to definitely try to get both James Harden and, and the Greek Freak in there. At this time, I really I want Murray to be in there because I want to talk about him a little bit more and, and stress that I find both Mills and Murray attractive options yeah. on Monday's slate. But I do have Greek Freak in as my second option at shooting guard. I agree with you. Again, both at, I think, 59 and 58 is what you had suggested earlier for their prices and their last matchup. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to be fantastic options. I do think that Greek Freak is going to come out even more, uh, I want to say pissed, but maybe upset, wanting to prove himself. I mean, the Bucks are on a, a pretty bad losing streak right now. There's some national criticism coming from them just based off of the coaching decisions they made with Jabari Parker sitting and the team meetings that they've been having. I think this is going to be a statement game, and we know the Bucks come to play on those statement games, whether it's against the Cavs, the Warriors. I think you could throw the Rockets in that mix, too. So I don't know if the Bucks win, but I know Giannis is going to play well against the Rockets, and that's all I need for my FanDuel lineup. Yeah, and you're going up against that um, Houston D, so right. that's, that's only like the— 
an added bonus to you know, but I, I actually do like where you're coming from with the I think it's going to be a pretty high intense game I one of the western conference you know they're always highly regarded uh, you know guys over there or teams over there I should say so I, yeah I do see where you're coming from with Giannis you know being extra fueled for that game Moving over to the small forward spot, this is where I'm choosing to use my money. Uh, with paying down a point guard and shooting guard, I was able to get LeBron James at t- uh, 10,600 going against the Pelicans and Kawhi Leonard at 9,800 against the Nets into my lineup. I think if I were to switch my lineup around a little bit, Kawhi Leonard would be the first high price guy to go. Um, I just don't believe in the Nets at all. And I think that even when they're playing against an inferior talent, that being the Spurs. The Spurs are playing against an inferior talent. They still find Leonard gets points. I think the last time that uh, Leonard faced off against the Nets, he had around 40 to 45 FanDuel points, and that's in the low end of what he's been getting for the last couple of weeks now. So if we're if that's our low end, we're still doing pretty well with our high price guys, and I don't think Leonard's going to be that highly owned from other people. I think you see so many other big names out there, Kevin Durant being another small forward option that you can use that I don't know how many people are really going to use Leonard going off the same philosophy that you were saying where the Spurs play it slow. We don't know what we're getting out of them necessarily because Popovich keeps it close to the vest. And to me, that ends up bringing a bit of uh, versatility to my lineup that I wouldn't be able to find elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, he's he's so consistent with his numbers that you, you, you do like that. Um Except you, you really don't see those like you know sixty to like crazy outings for him. And if I'm paying up, sometimes I, I don't know. I feel like I need I need to get a guy like um, you know the Westbrook, Harden, Davis that you know that can you know put those monster showings up. You always keep goading me about that. Like, I, come on, I don't need to have a sixty point guy in my lineup all the time, Ben. But I, the nine game slate, I think there's so many options available that you can do that. You know, um, I think yeah, I think you could still you know upgrade to one of those. 10,000 type guys and, and still how many people are really going to be scoring 50 to 60 points in a given night though i mean not like i'm not saying just like points i'm fanduel points but um but yeah i i just think there's more potential with those other guys and, and you might as well upgrade there when you can you know downgrade and still have some decent value elsewhere in a nine game slate the last time leonard played against the nets is december 10th his price is at 8200 so he's risen significantly since then, but he had 46.9 points, which was really good value for what he was at. I'm not saying that um, Leonard's going to go off, and I'm not saying that he's going to be a better option than LeBron or Durant, who are also small forwards on tonight's slate. I am saying, however, he's going to give me a different look than other lineups Yeah, yeah. for similar points and a little less price. And I'm not expecting him to get 60 points. That's that's where I'm saying I like these guys that are consistent. Um, not every player is going to be a Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis right. or DeMarcus Cousins. So to find a bit of versatility while still providing same type of production is really what I'm going for in this lineup. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, so, for, yeah, for me, for small forward, uh, I'm paying down here a little bit, um, starting with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I was actually kind of torn between using Marcus Morris versus Kid Gilchrist. Cause well, he Mor- worked out for you the last time. Yeah, and he's been unstoppable. Uh, lady had post 36 or more Fanduel points in each of his last three games. Um, same price as Gilchrist. That was that was without Contavious Caldwell Pope though, uh, oh, and he's true. back in the lineup. So I think that's going to cut into uh, Morris's uh, shot attempts pretty significantly. Um, so I see his value dropping a little bit. I'm kind of leaning more towards Kid Gilchrist here. Um, hasn't had as much consistency, consistency obviously, um, but isn't that multi-category guy? I love those. Um, you know, they they get those points, they get those rebounds, and have the potential for even steals and blocks. Um, that, so that's, I mean, obviously a threat on any any given day. Um, coming off a seventeen point fourteen rebound performance um, in the, in their most recent game as well. So I think that's that really shows what he's best at getting that you know decently high floor ish. I guess most games, but um, yeah, he's he's got the decent. 
And it's not like the Wizards necessarily make all their shots anyhow. I mean, I don't think of them as a a sharpshooting team by any stretch of the means. I know Bradley Beal is a pretty good player when he's not on IR, but at the same time, there's definitely opportunities for those rebounds. And when you're looking for that multi-category purpose, that's exactly what Michael Kidd-Gilkirst is good at. That's that's his kind of MO, I think. And um, as far as liking players go, I I just like his game. I like his game a lot, but... I'm not sure I really find it for at least FanDuel you sleep tonight. And I'm not sure that's where I'm leading at. I would rather have the cheaper options at guard going against the Nets than Kale Gilchrist, but I, I also can't blame you for going that way. I, yeah. There's there's a lot worse options you could choose from. And I think what you're pointing out with Marcus Morris probably is a good point. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been one of their best scorers when he's been healthy, and that's going to definitely cut into Marcus Morris's numbers, despite the fact that he's done so well recently. Exactly. Yep. And then uh, my other guy uh, I mentioned here, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. Uh, that was pretty good yeah questionable we we just run through it as fast as we can we've talked about this before it's fine (laughs) right i mean he's another guy like because of the injury situation um with the nets and really a lack of playmakers as a whole um like we said before no jeremy lynn or joe harris um leads leaves a decent amount of minutes available for guys like dinwiddie sean kilpatrick bogdanovich Uh, i like kilpatrick a little bit there you know but my shooting guards spots are taken with Giannis and harden um, so I think Bogdanovich is a great option at the small forward spot. He's cheap, 4,400, um, plenty of upside as a score. I mean, you'd like to be him to be a little more consistent with his boards and assists, um, but that doesn't scare me off too much. I think at that price, his, his ability to kind of fill it up, um, you know, scoring wise, I, I, I think that's, that makes it far and away worth his value. So my concern is, and we'll kind of discuss this when I get to my power forward option, because we both kind of threw in a curveball, lower priced option to make these higher guys would fit into our lineup my concern is leonard covering him and i don't know what his numbers were necessarily for that last matchup in december yeah they're doing but i know that leonard is one of the premier defensive players in all of the nba so for me i'm i don't know if uh bogan can really put together those type of numbers that we're looking for whereas you might be able to find that a little better if you went cheaper at the shooting guard cheaper at the power forward even cheaper at the center spot because we know there aren't some automatic guys locking him down in that that's that's my concern with it yeah and i'm, I'm hoping there, there's usually some position variability there with um bogdanovich i think he started at shooting guard a couple games now it's small forward so you know hopefully that that i'm, I'm thinking that that's going to allow him to get off of leonard a little bit here and there um but yeah, I, I still feel comfortable at that that cheap price that he's going to be able to you know. Provide. The Nets have to score. Like right. they, they're an NBA team, they know what they're doing. They have to score, and they will score. So where they can get those points from? Well, it could come from shooting guard, where we have smaller options there covering the spots. Uh, it could come at power forward, where we don't necessarily know what we're getting from Lamarcus Aldridge and you know David Lee, who we'll be mentioning really quickly here. Um, so they have to score somewhere that, that I agree with that. And I don't think it's wrong to necessarily be looking at that as a cheaper option. My concern is just that Leonard is an absolute monster. Again, I like Bill Simmons. He calls Leonard the octopus, uh, cause he's just <laughs> all over the place. He's got like eight arms. I agree with that assessment. Um, I think that the turnover numbers could hurt even if Bowen does end up scoring a lot of points. So yeah. it, it's one of those kind of, you have to make a small move, a punt play, if you want to call it somewhere. And that's where you're looking at doing at least in small. Exactly. So I can't blame you. Yep. All right, give me your power forward options. So for for power forward, we're going with uh, Kevin Love and, and David Lee. Um, Kevin Love sitting at seventy five hundred going against the Pelicans. David Lee fifty one hundred going against the Nets. You know, I'll, I'll admit this. You know, Love has shot less than forty percent from the field in each of his last five games. You know, it's brought his scoring numbers down quite a bit, and it's been it's been a bit ugly. Um, but I think this is actually a pretty huge opportunity for like a, a buy low um, situation. He, he's, he was at 
upwards of 8500 right. and now he's down to that's a thousand dollar you know difference there so when you're playing next to guys like Kyrie and LeBron you're going to get shots you just right. you just got to shoot you know shoot to get hot shoot to stay hot um, as as they say I don't know if that's really a saying, well, but no, it works in this situation. It absolutely <laughs> does. No, and I, I agree with you. I think Kevin Love's been struggling a little bit late, but at the same time, the Pelicans allow the fourth most FanDuel points to power forwards. We discussed that last Wednesday when we were looking at targeting the Pelicans' defense. I don't think that changes anymore, especially if Anthony Davis is out. Again, we don't really know what it is, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does play. But, right. I mean, even that alone, again, with his depressed price based off of what, how he's been playing, I think Kevin Love is actually a great option for power forward, especially yeah, if just, you're trying to go a little lower. Just so much value, you know. I, I get stuck on that. You know, the buy low is I love doing that um, where you try and catch them at their lowest price and get them on the rise. So um, I think he's like a perfect example of that when I, you know, when I try and you know, locate that in, in a certain slate of games. And I look to do something similar with the center position. So I ended up not really kind of being able to touch on this. And again, if I were to make a different lineup, I think I would try to find a spot for Kevin Love in there because I think you're you're right on with your assessment. Pelican's not great defensively. Love at a lower price. We know what he's capable of doing. Um, for me, I just went David Lee again, 5,100. We know that he's going to be playing at least a decent amount of minutes with Paul Gasol likely out for the season. So whether he plays him at Paul, uh, power forward, whether he plays at center, I'm not quite sure. And he's one of those guys I could see getting subbed out frequently because Popovich doesn't want to show his hand too much. Something that's a more of a postseason kind of play. At the same time, he's been doing pretty well when he's been playing in there, and I'm expecting him to get upwards of 30 Fanduel points pretty easily. Um, so the David Lee play makes sense to me. We both have him running in our lineup. Yeah, the good news is he's 33 and 36 minutes right. in the last two games, which is great. I mean, which coincides with Gasol out. Right, exactly. And double-double in both. So combined for 24 points and 27 rebounds right and and even if you aren't expecting him to do that against the nets which i can understand if you don't want to well you think they might just blow him out and he sits in the fourth quarter type of deal i still think a 25 point 28 point fandle is definitely in the cards and there i'm like okay fine for you know for 5100 i'll i'll take that i know what i'm getting from him and that's what i'm looking for when i'm putting my lineups yeah i mean we talked about for kevin love we're kind of on the opposite end here a little bit with his peak value at 5100 i don't think he's gonna get much higher but at the same time with you know gasol still out i there's there's some value to be had there absolutely and i think my other power forward option Derek favors he didn't do well for me well, not as well as I was expecting. The last time we discussed it Wednesday, he's at 4,500 going against the Thunder. I am really still on board with favors. I haven't been season long. He hasn't been doing as well as I'm expecting, but I think we know what favors potential is. And as long as he's getting a decent amount of minutes, the floor, the floor is around 20 Fandil points. So at 4,500, if he gets me that floor of that 20 Fandil points, which I think he's done across three of the last five games or so, I feel pretty good about playing him. Yeah, I, 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 he's so, he's cheap enough to the point where I do like his upside. I, I think you're right about his floor. He's been a little inconsistent of late, but I, he, there's if you're paying down, like that's a guy that that has the chance of putting up some numbers if he you know gets the gets the minutes he you know he, he's looking for. Right, and I, I actually misspoke. He's had uh, I think four uh, twenty plus games in the last five games. So. 21, 20, 22, 25, 24. That's kind of what I'm expecting from at the 4,500 spot. And even against the Thunder, who play decently enough against the power forward spot, I still think Favors is going to put in that work. And there's always the potential that he gets a little more minutes, say the game goes into overtime or whatever, and he gets to that 30-point threshold, and then, well, boom, you just made almost 10 times the value or, or thereabouts. And I'm really bad at math, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, so I think Favors is one of those guys that you can you can find at this price and be able to plug-and-play type of deal. And yeah. that's what I'm 
looking for, and I go up higher at the small forward spot. Like yeah, I did before that, you know, extended absence too. I mean, he had three or four or five games, you know, above the thirty Fanduel points. So he's he's shown he can do it. I mean, it's just a, um, you know, I think it may be just a lack of comfort, you know, being comfortable at this point, you know, coming off the injury. But is the further he gets off, the better he's going to get. So I, I do like that play. Rounding out my lineup, I have Miles Turner at sixty three hundred going against the Knicks as my center option. I discussed this a little bit before. I didn't really feel great about a lot of different centers on the slate. It was tough to find one I felt comfortable with going lower. And I also didn't really want to go to the higher options. I think if I were to redo the lineup, I might look a little more closely at Boogie. But at the same sense, I think Miles Turner is the one of the, the best of bad options. And, and Turner's been pretty good lately, too. So I don't think the, the Knicks have been fantastic. You know, at the center spot, we don't know if Noah's playing or if he is, how effective he will be. Is Chris Depp's Porzingis going to be effective, too? Like, there's a lot of chaos in that Knicks organization and especially in their lineup. And I think that Miles Turner will be able to take advantage of that for the most part. Yeah, and you're right about the, you know, the Knicks center situation. That's that's always tough. They're the third they're they're letting up the third highest points in centers. So I think there's definitely, you know, an option for for Turner to, you know, take advantage of the, the poor defense that they've shown at that position. Um so yeah, I, I like that play. Um little little expensive for me. I, I but not too bad, you know, 6000s. Um, not horrible. If I'm paying down, I'm probably dropping, you know, one more little tier there. Um, but yeah, I, I do see the the value with with Turner, especially against that Knicks, you know, front court. You know, he's he's getting at least 20 Fanduel points in almost every game. I, I'm looking at one January 12th against the Nuggets, where he had 18.2 fantasy points. That's his lowest that he's had since December 22nd. So we know that he's going to be getting a lot of points, and he gets a lot of minutes too. The last matchup that they had uh, against the Knicks, he scored 26 Fanduel points, and that was a four for 13 shooting. Net. I don't think he should that bad uh, in this game. I, I really think that you can find some value in there, especially if he gets some blocks even too, or rebounds. That's additional points that you weren't expecting from. So while I wasn't really enamored with the center options that we had, I think he's the best of the bad options. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like an, ex- an exploitable matchup yeah. for sure for, yeah. the, for the Pacers. The numbers are at least telling me it is. But who's, <laughs> who's the center you're looking at? I also paid down, and you know, if I'm not using Cousins, I try to drop as far as possible. Um, so I, I paid down a little bit for my center, going with Marcin Gortat, um, 5700, decently cheap. Um, he's another guy that had his salary up in the mid to upper 6,000. So there's was, was more of a buy low approach here as well. Um, his scoring numbers haven't been that great of late, which is always concerning. But he's got a fairly high floor with his you know consistency on the boards. So I still like his value despite you know dropping down a few tiers there. Again, top five defense. The Hornets allow the top five fan duel points to centers. Gortat, we know he's playing. We know he's going to get those minutes. And I think that's a relatively fine option, especially when we're going cheap. I'm not expecting to get a ton of points out of center. And I, in fact, I might see Gortat scoring more than than Turner, at least from what we're looking at from our lineups. But Turner's ceiling is probably higher than Gortat's, and that's yeah, what you're paying the additional yep. the money for. So what we're going to get out of that. I'm not, I'm not positive out of either of those, but I feel confident that we're at least getting 25, 30 FanDuel points from both of those options. And really that's all we need to round out our lineups. Exactly. Because we're, we're expecting to hit on the, the lower tier guys, like the shooting guards and point guards that we had mentioned before and everything else is kind of gravy at that point. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that does it for us for our Monday NBA DFS podcast. We'll be back Wednesday again to discuss the Wednesday lineups. Uh, again, you can follow me at JB fantasy sports and Ben, best twitter handle in the in the rotowire company where can they follow you at you got me at ben man doing work ben man doing work again still best rotowire <laughs> handle all right we'll get back to you again wednesday thanks for listening they're gonna kill the love of my life Daisy! if i don't go back to what i was doing this friday our line of work is 
quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.